I'm Jay Moran. I'm Bridget Jaipal Valenza. I'm Thomas O'Neill White. I'm Angelie Preston. We need to get together and let our voices be heard. This is What's Next. A dedicated hour to have important conversations about the issues facing the marginalized and underrepresented communities of Western New York and Southern Ontario. We're going to have some real healing. We've got to have space to tell some uncomfortable truth. What's Next continues our mission to discuss race, equity, and the common concerns of Buffalo's East Side and beyond. In the suburban area everywhere, we must work and teach our children. And good morning and welcome to What's Next on WBFO. And today we're going to uh, revisit a topic that we uh, touched upon uh, a few months back, uh, the East Buffalo Veterans Study, now complete and with us to talk more about the study and its uh, implications. Uh, with us today, we have uh, Ed Gatson, Edward Gatson, former, or we should say retired peer support specialist with Veterans Affairs. Thanks for joining us, Ed. You're welcome. Good to be here. Also with us, we have uh, Debbie Ransom. Debbie is uh, uh, the leader of the uh, Genetic Coles AMVETS post yes. here in Buffalo. Thank, Thank you so much. Oh, great to, great to see you again, Debbie. Great to see and, you. and also uh, Bob James, team leader for Western New York Vets. All right, Bob, uh, you, you've got a, you said you even told me you've got a little elevator uh, uh, speech that you have to give, uh, that you give frequently. You know how to sell the product here to so, a certain extent. You play, go, get into yeah, it for us, Bob. Sure. Please. My name's Bob James. I've been running a music charity called Buffalo. Buffalo Blues for Vets since 2016, graciously kicked off by Mayor Brown at his office when we started this whole thing. Uh, since then, we've raised, and this is hard to believe even, being part of it, a quarter of a million dollars, $250,000 that have been donated to 31 different nonprofits in Western New York serving veterans and military families. It's all driven by music. We've had over 256 musicians donate their time and their talent to play over 80 events, Proceeds from those events get shared out with those uh, charities that you have at, in front of you. Right. And uh, along the way, I realized since I'm asking my friends to donate their time and talent, we need to ask questions to make sure that the money was going to where the needs were. We did a study to realize that we needed to have a 24-7 online referral system so people can find all these different resources, different types of resources for veterans. And then part of that became a need to study what was happening in East Buffalo because it was actually April Baskins at a meeting when I met with her briefly said, you're doing great stuff. Don't forget about our guys on the East Side. Mm. And that led to this study. Okay. So and, that's you know, the background. And I think you really you touched on maybe the topic that we should really get into to start things is the idea that there are ample, I don't want to say enough or a lot, but there are ample services for veterans yet are not being accessed. And that is really the, the key here, right? That in certain populations, they're not being accessed. Is that what we see in Buffalo's East Side, generally speaking? And you're Absol absolutely right. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. absolutely. I'll just say one more thing about the, the original study we did found one primary finding, which is exactly what you just said. Western New York is rich with resources, but it's very hard to navigate. That's why we started the WNY Vet site that'll be live in March. And that's what led me to meet uh, Deb, who's kind of been an angel to me. I said, how come I don't know about you? And all the stuff happening in East Buffalo. And she looked at me with this look. Said, okay, we're going to learn together. But it's, uh, it was a revelation for me as a person that 
was confident that I knew a lot about veterans in Western New York, but East Buffalo was like inside of a bubble, which was one of the findings. Right. So mm-hmm. I'll be quiet now and listen to right. you guys. East Buffalo, I find that East yeah. Buffalo is, uh, and I live in East Buffalo, I do. Um, but I was fortunate enough to, well, a couple of things. I'm fortunate enough to be wired that um, I'm, I'm inquisitive. Okay, and I'm energized. I mean, I go out and seek stuff and what's going on here and turning mm-hmm. over to rocks and talking mm-hmm. to people. But that's not how most people that's are. That's not how mm-hmm. most people are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I find that that is true in East Buffalo, especially with the veteran community. Um, also, uh, being fortunate enough to have been hired by the VA as a peer support specialist, you know, and connecting with veterans from all around the country and helping them out as they're, uh, as their mentor and their peer specialist and stuff like that and and connecting them with different opportunities and resources and stuff I was able to to learn about everything that's out here for the veterans but there's a void there there's a disconnect you know I live in East Buffalo right. when I go home it's like you know, yeah there's veterans in my community too but they don't have a clue you know about the resources that are available so there is a disconnect and, and and just to maybe highlight it a little bit, Ed, you just told us that you just joined the Geneticals mm. post, yes, right? I did, mm. right? And so yeah, it, it's been there, right, Dad? I mean, talk, <laughs> yes. talk about the Coles post. Well, on March first, we'll be thirteen years old, and that's been exciting. I'm the founding commander of the Geneticals Invest Post Number Twenty Four, and actually, it was uh, March first, twenty twelve, uh, that the post got its charter. And I came from actually uh, two American Legion posts, uh, being a commander of one and a president to an auxiliary of the other. And so when I got to the position that I wanted to be a founder of an organization because I felt I had leadership skills and having confidence in myself, which I think is extremely important. You have to believe in you. And so I went on from that belief and started the Janetta R. Cole Invest Post Number 24. And what has happened is continued to grow. You know, Ed is one of our new members. We have a variety of people that have been there that are from the Korean War to the most current wars. So we do have a wide range of veterans that are standing tall and that are excited about doing a variety of things that we do in the community. Um, and I can explain all the different things that we do uh, in the community. And we're getting more and more people interested and excited and knowledgeable about the things that are going on. So, you know, I don't want to take up well, all the time. No, but, <laughs> but I do want to, I want to ask a question because I think it sure. is related kind of to this whole thing. Is mm-hmm. You don't have to be an East Side resident to be part of the of your post of course not that being stated though Mm -hmm. there are probably a lot of veterans who either don't know it's there Mm -hmm. or aren't perhaps you know utilizing the opportunity to to network there i mean just talk about that a little bit you know i'm glad you mentioned that because uh we have taken it upon ourselves to reach out to our own community and the way we have done that we've done it several ways we have put up two trailblazing street signs um in our community and we do that so that even if you don't learn your black history in school you can learn it by walking down the street Mm -hmm. in your own neighborhood just Mm -hmm. take a look see and our first trailblazing street sign and that's those green and white signs that you see honoring people and what happened is our first one was for our post namesake it says navy veteran 
Janetta Ramel Colesway. I was so proud to have yeah, that yeah. sign erected. It's on the corner of Jefferson and Glenwood Avenue. And the reason it's there is because when she came back as a, a Vietnam-era Navy nurse, she came back to the address on Glenwood. So we were able to look at that. That's why you have to do your research, your history. You don't just put up a sign. you got to find out what's happening. And, and just to add to that a little bit, she was, oh, yeah. she's buried at Concordia Cemetery, Yes, she is, right? the historic Concordia Cemetery. And that's how kind of the whole connection. And, and, the, and you are so right. What happened is um, I was part of and still work with the historic Concordia Cemetery. What happened is I used to be on the board of the cemetery and also the board of the foundation of the cemetery. And what happened, we were doing a program, a Veterans Day program, which we do Veterans Day and also Memorial Day over there at the cemetery. And I didn't, I found out that Janetta's brother came to the cemetery and he said, how come my sister doesn't have a flag on her grave? She mm. served this country. And so they brought it back to the meeting. And I was at the meeting because I had just started being a member. And I said, you know what? I was leaving one of the other posts and I was getting ready to start a post. But I didn't know, should I name my dad? Who should I name? Because he's a World War II vet. And I said, no, let me name a black woman. Yeah. You know, something that's different, that's exciting. And so that's what happened. I had to track down her family at the <laughs> church and we had to go through all these things. And it was just exciting. And so I reached out to the family. I had them all come in. I said, look, this is what I want to do. You know, I want to honor your loved one. You know, can we do this? Is it all right? And they said, OK, cool, because several of them are veterans. But I don't think they had a clue mm. about the vision that I truly had, you know, in, in naming a trailblazing sign, you should have saw their faces mm -hmm. and the love that was shown by the community over a woman they didn't even know as far as the rest of the community. And then the second time we did a trailblazing street sign was for a World War II Shiro, and that was Miss mm -hmm. Indiana Hunt Martin, and I am so proud again, and again in the community, <laughs> um, we've been able to uh, have the second trailblazing street sign that says World War II Army Veteran Indiana Hunt Martin Way. Oh my God. I am just just over the moon because it was important. And I knew this lady. I met her. And when I met her, I wanted to just like bow down like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> I, met her. I met somebody that was you would read in a storybook. I was blessed to not have to read in a storybook. I met her. I was able to touch her and talk to her. And she told her daughter uh, before she passed that, you know, I'm, a, you know, I'm, a, she went to this thing saying that she was a superstar. And she said, yeah, I'm a superstar. They made me a superstar. And you're right. You've been a superstar all this time. Because of this, the sign? Yeah. That was part of her? Yes. Yeah, yeah. She was excited. Wow. And then that's on the that's on uh, Stevens Avenue off of Fair, East Ferry Street. Okay. And like I said, it says the World War II Army veteran Indiana Hunt Martin Way. And when we did this, her family came out. People came from out of town. It was just really cool. And so now we've also worked with Congressman 
Brian Higgins to also get the medals that she didn't get for 70 years, seven zero. And then we did that with our sister post, post Amvest post number 13, and that was a few years back. Then we pursued getting the uh, dedicatory plaque for Miss Indiana Hunt Martin at the Central Park Plaza Post Office where she collected her mail. Wow. So, oh my God, just yeah. to be able to do these things is just exciting. And well, you with know, Ed in the room, you're working on four, five more trail designations. Oh, yes. Maybe yes. we could uh, yeah, well, explain what we're doing. Well, yeah, maybe, we, yeah, and maybe put Jay's it in, in charge. Of yeah, no, no, I, well, no, I just want to make sure that because I think what you ha- highlight there, Deb, is mm-hmm. a great, the great stories that are untold. And this, and how many other veterans are not getting similar stories exactly. told. And let's bring this back to, yeah. to and the- And that's the, why we're doing trailblazing I'm signs right now <laughs> again that sign? we're submitting. Yeah, he's a 16-year 16 16-year Navy, Navy Chief vet. Submarine Service. Oh my God! Where's your sign going to be? It, my my sign. Oh, it's so going to be. <laughs> well, we're proposing. Yeah, we're proposing that he has a trailblazing <laughs> sign. Which let me tell, let you say what the name is going to be on the sign. Yeah. Okay, my sign will read Navy Veteran Chief Edwin Gadsden. Because he was a chief. I was in a Navy the chief in the submarine service, and I'm very, very, I'm honored, and I'm so proud of that. Um, and uh, the sign served, is having, going to having be served the, our country. Yes. Uh, in the on a nuclear powered submarine. USS, and becoming a USS chief, USS which I can only imagine is a difficult yes. assignment. And there's to get. a lot of stories connected to that. But I chose. Um, I'm requesting that my sign be erected on Wyoming Avenue. At it's Ferry Street. Ferry, East Ferry Street. East Ferry and at Wyoming. At Wyoming. Okay. And, and, the, and the story, number is the poll number is 1088. Poll number 1088. I've because looked at the poll. <laughs> I've looked at the poll and I showed my wife the poll and yes. I showed my pastor the poll. And you know this. And uh, that's, that's where my sign because is Because it's exciting because be. when, you, when you put in it's for a trailblazing honor. street sign and, yeah. and you need to be honored and you're going to be. And there's a story behind that location oh, too. Um, yeah, well, our, our, our first focus group of the mm-hmm. study mm-hmm. was at the Altamont House on Altamont Wyoming House. Street. That's okay. Right. And if you look at the three key findings, the one being recognition, the opening quote was from a Resident at the Wyoming House and the Ed's Altamont story, House. Altamont, sorry, mm-hmm. on Wyoming Street. Mm-hmm. Ed's stories related to that, so it sure did. And it, real quickly, I'm going to make no, this. No, do you really take your time, um, <laughs> sir? <laughs> you, will you yes. take your time? He's a Navy chief. <laughs> okay, I'm. I'm yes, I was born and raised in New Jersey. Okay, all right. So I'm in New Jersey, and um, and um, when I joined the military, I joined the military in 1978, and I left Jersey to go see the world. Underwater, right? <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, um, anyway, I was involved in uh, numerous conflicts. Uh, the Libyan conflict. Um, our op- our operation area was under the polar ice cap, so I spent years under the polar ice cap. Mm. Uh, and then I also was deployed to Desert Storm towards okay. the end of my career. Uh, with that being said, uh, when I was discharged, honorably discharged in 1993 and came back to society, the transition was unimaginable, unimaginable. I mean, I didn't fit in. I didn't feel like I fit in anywhere. And that laid, led me to uh, drinking and drugging, incarceration, homelessness, and all of this kind of wow. stuff. But anyway, I'm one of the fortunate ones who reached out for help. 
And the VA got me that help that I needed to get me back on my feet. And as part of my journey in recovery, I ended up in Buffalo, in Buffalo. When I set foot in Buffalo in 2010, I set foot on Wyoming Avenue and Ferry Street at the Altamont House Veterans Transition ah, Facility. Okay. And that's where I started my journey. And I remember getting out of the VA van and I had a big black garbage bag with dirty clothes, mm. holy jeans, <laughs> you know, <laughs> holy sneakers, two pennies in my pocket. That's it. And that's it. That was my life. That's how my life had become. So that's where I started my my journey. And I, I was able to um, to build myself. Yeah, if you up. if you mind, yeah. just you know, you became a peer to peer specialist with. That's uh, right, certified peer support specialist for the VA. And so, I mean, that's that's quite a, a transition and accomplishment from it, there. What, what, so, the, the veterans' services made yes. a difference for you then. It made a huge difference in uh, helping me to uh, become the person that I really am, instead of what my experiences had made me. Right, and you you must have a, I'm considerable empathy then for those individuals right. who unfortunately for whatever reason either especially the ones who aren't finding the services for what for reasons right exactly and that's the definition of peer support peer support uh peer support specialist shares we share our life experiences and what worked for us uh to help veterans who are struggling with similar uh challenges that we've already navigated through so um you know, I, I don't know if you've experienced this before, but uh, if you've shared a situation with an individual and they're not, and they're saying, yeah, I know what you mean, and they don't have a clue right. what you mean because they <laughs> never, never <laughs> even experienced it. Well, with peer support specialists, that's 100% true. Mm -hmm. And that strengthens the connection and the bond mm -hmm. and the trust mm -hmm. and the relationship. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I would say it's, it's similar to the addictions field. The best sponsors for people recovering from drugs and alcohol are former addiction people themselves because right. they will not let you get away with your I can't see this on radio they've walked through the fire so to speak right and when other people are facing having to walk through the fire guys like Ed say authentically I know what you're going through and mm -hmm. that's authentic and that actually makes the connection as mm -hmm. opposed to just and must be must be hard you know because it's real mm -hmm. and that's what he Jed brings to the table right. in those situations would it be maybe helpful also maybe if you want to share other stories about other veterans who maybe some are success stories mm -hmm. some aren't mm -hmm. And, and why it's so necessary to do what you're trying to do here, to make these these connections. Well, Want to get into I, that a little bit? Let me, I'll, I'll approach that in a slightly different way. That's fine. When most people think about counseling, they think about, and I did this for decades as a social worker, working, I worked at the VA, I worked at the crisis services, I worked at Child and Adolescent Treatment Services that's now owned by Best Self. The traditional counseling image is a, a therapist and a client sitting and talking. Right. But I found, having been around that industry for a long time, that complementary or alternative interventions could be even more powerful sometimes. Horses, dogs, music, art, photography, outdoor programs like Higher Ground, those things are considered complementary. But to me, if I know somebody that's struggling, I had a call from a friend yesterday whose father-in-law is a veteran struggling, just lost his dog. 
hmm. really broke down because that loss of a pet that's your friend is a, like a family member. So she called me and said, what can we do? And I said, there's a great organization called Dog Tags New York that we did a fundraiser for, just like Horses Healing Hearts, the fundraiser we did with Ed's, Ed's group, to be able to direct people toward these kind of complementary, non-traditional services. So it's not just sitting and talking. It's actually a little bit more of a heart-based intervention. Not that therapists don't deal with that, right. but sometimes the things that are physical and emotional and humanistic and connection with art and music and all that can make a deeper connection than just talking about your, your challenges. And I'm not dissing traditional therapy because I worked in that field for a No, but time. it becomes a resource mm-hmm. for therapy. And Correct. part of what we were trying to do is increase awareness of those alternative resources. For example, before we end up today, I want to mention that we're doing a fundraiser for East Buffalo Veterans Project at West Falls Center for the Arts. Hmm. West Falls provides music programs for veterans, ukulele, harmonica, and guitar, free for veterans to get together, learn how to play music together, play some songs, connect with each other. It's not a traditional therapeutic intervention, but sometimes it's more powerful than just talk therapy. So that's part of what we're trying to do with WNY Vets is say there's a lot more out there than what you might think. Right. And Higher Ground, Horses Healing Hearts, Dog Tags New York, all these different programs that we have in front of you are alternative assets that we're trying to increase the awareness of. And I hope we develop some things that are more based in East Buffalo with Deb's help. She's very plugged into the community down there. What can we bring down here as a, as a, uh, as a program for the, that community? Yeah, I, you know what? I want to piggyback on what Bob's talking about right here. Thanks, Bob. Yes, um, sir. I, I want to go back to the uh, evidence-based treatment uh, you know, CPT and uh, uh, prolonged exposure and all of that kind of stuff. For PTSD. I, for and PTSD. Like that, I yeah. was diagnosed with PTSD and major depressive disorder and anxiety. Okay. Right? And I still have that diagnosis, but I'm able to enjoy the heck out of my life. I love every day <laughs> of my life, and I'm just doing it. Right. It's good to know? hear. <laughs> and uh, what I found was the evidence-based treatment, and I thank the VA for providing that to me, helped me start getting myself together, but there was still a puzzle piece that was missing. Something was still missing inside my soul. And and I had to explore, I didn't have to, but I felt that I had to in order to become who I wanted to be, explore different avenues of, of therapy, uh, you know, ice climbing, camping out, kayaking, uh, horseback riding and stuff <laughs> like that. And that was it, that was it. Yeah. That was it, the horses. When I bonded with the horses in early recovery in 2010, that just filled that spot that was messing with me. I fell in love with the horses. I love the horses nowadays. I still ride horses twice a week. Uh, I'm uh, starting a non-profit myself to bring the opportunity for inner city kids, veterans, young people, to experience equine therapy and horsemanship because it's not here. And I, right. I just want to follow up Good with point. a question, of, uh, and it's a, a somewhat personal question, but when you were talking, mm-hmm. Bob, about the, the veteran who lost his dog, I'm wondering, uh, when it comes to your PTSD, are there, if, if you don't mind, mm-hmm. are there triggers still for you that might bring that back? I guess that's what, you know, I'm just wondering, like again, about these different opportunities to you know find different avenues for healing. Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering for you if, if, if that's something that you can share to us. Yes, absolutely there's triggers. I experience triggers at some point at different levels every day of my life. Mm. 
something will happen. Mm -hmm. But I've learned through my treatment and my therapy and and what I do to keep myself help, healthy and, and okay, I've, I've learned to realize the early warning signs when something is beginning to trigger me, uh, you know, when it's starting to break down and when it's like I really absolutely need to remove myself from the situation. Very rarely does it get to that point. So through my therapy, that's part of the, the, the therapy um, that, they, that the therapists teach the individual to learn when the trigger, the early warning signs. Uh, very rarely, sometimes it does happen when a trigger is just bang, you turn around and it's right there mm -hmm. on you. Um, but there's ways for you, you're not completely helpless. There's ways that you can, uh, you can help yourself get through it. You know, initially it's the fight, flight or flee um, response or something like that, but we learn to work through that without totally losing it. So is that the evidence-based treatment that tuned you into the understanding the triggers and seeing that or was that also from the horse relationship stuff so i recognizing the trigger it's from, the, from kind of you what you call evidence-based treatment was that right the evidence-based treatment uh was more um responsible for teaching me okay how to recognize the I triggers and how to get ahead of it instead of it getting ahead of me yeah, let's uh, right. let's uh, let's take a time out. We'll reset. We'll come back. We've got a lot to talk about. This has been a great conversation so yeah. far. So far, so far we've got a lot more to, to come here <laughs> oh, okay. as we talk with uh, Bob James, Edwin Gadsden, and Deb Ransom. This is what's next on WBFO. Did you know that WNED PBS is always working on great new local shows for you to watch? Documentaries like Kleinhand's Gift to Buffalo, which tells the story of Buffalo's music hall. The hall is very intimate, and that intimacy makes everyone who comes in here feel a part of our family. Fun and educational series like Compact Science. Believe it or not, peppers are technically fruits. And Shakespeare's greatest hits featuring some of his best-known soliloquies and monologues. We are such stuff as dreams are made of. You can watch them all on our website at WNED.org slash local shows. While you're there, check out the show pages and mini websites for additional content such as bonus features, photo galleries, and lesson plans. Find it all at WNED.org slash local shows. Join WBFO every Saturday at 6 p.m. for an insightful and enlightening series of audio documentaries from our region that tackle topics such as the environment, health, the world of entertainment, and more. Listen to the WBFO DocuHour every Saturday at 6 p.m. right here on WBFO, your NPR station. It's Reading Rainbow's 40th anniversary, and we're celebrating by releasing 40 full episodes of the classic PBS children's series. Look for new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday through February on the Reading Rainbow YouTube channel. Visit readingrainbow.org watch to find family activities for you and your child to do together after watching episodes. Activities are available in both English and Spanish. The episodes are available on YouTube for a limited time, so subscribe so you don't miss any. You're listening to What's Next, our place to discuss the important issues of our communities of Western New York and Southern Ontario. We want to hear from you. Click on the Talk to Us option in the WBFO app, and we will work to get your questions or comments on the air. Do you have a story or concern that we should be addressing? Email us using what's next at WBFO.org. Together, we'll have the conversations that are needed. This is WBFO, your NPR station.
And welcome back to What's Next. Uh, we're having a lively conversation on air and off air, for that matter, with uh, Bob oh, James, yeah. Yeah. team leader for Western New York Vets. Ed Gatson's with us, a uh, retired peer support uh, specialist with the Veterans Affairs, and also Deb Ransom, uh, Deb, uh, the leader of the Joanna, Jonetta Coles Ambits Post here mm-hmm. in Buffalo. Uh, one part, this study has found a couple of key elements, and one that you wanted to get into recognition is a part of that study just expand i would say one of the one of the 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 first thing that really came out when i looked at all the kind of rough notes from all these meetings that jumped out was again the thing when i first met debbie she told me about these trail recognition signs after our first meeting at that coffee shop on jefferson Mm -hmm. she told me where the signs were and i went i took pictures of them i go this would be a great thing for us to use use some of the funding to get more of these signs put up. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the Common Council has to approve of them. But that, mm-hmm. to me, is one of the recognition pieces. So maybe she would mention who they are and who the Common Council person is. We want to put a little teaser out to get these things approved quickly. And then I want to mention your, your school project idea as another recognition thing oh, that's yeah. great. Then we have two other general areas to touch base on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, well, um, the proposals that we have already sent in to uh, Maston District Councilwoman, mm-hmm. which she's new at her post, Zanetta Everhart. Everhart. Yes. <laughs> and so we've put in, for her, we put in four different uh, veterans. Veteran Terry Williams, he's the owner and founder of the Bomb Squad Boxing Center. Oh, okay. And he's a vet, and he boxed while he was in the military. And he and his You're wife. Have to give me Terry's number. <laughs> I know he is such a nice guy, and we did a display for him also him. during Black okay. History Month. It was the art of boxing and physical fitness. So we were able to have him and his wife that he found as he trained her son, and she became a another person that started Empower Me Fitness. So ah. they are a power couple ah. that get things going on at 307 Leroy Avenue, and that's where we want the sign right in front of where it used to be the Flair Building. Okay. And so now that's, that's one of the trailblazing street signs that we have put in for. The next one is a World War II. Army veteran Warren B. Burdine. He was a World War II Army veteran, and he actually served in the 617th Bomb Squadron and the Army Air Force during World War II. And he had a deli that was on Jefferson Avenue that is now the ink spot. Okay. So, yes, so just so people have an idea where it is. And it was actually a uh, a deli that was named after the Jefferson Ferry Deli. And so we wanted him to be recognized because uh, all of these people have not been recognized. Sure. So then we have our chief here, <laughs> Navy Veteran <laughs> Chief Edwin Gatson. And we wanted to recognize him for his 16 years of Navy service and what he continues to do in the community. And then uh, we have uh, Army veteran, uh, Army Air Force veteran, uh, Henry Pollard, Jr. He was one that was a Tuskegee Airman. Oh. Oh, yeah. 
And yeah. he had an Anvets post named after him, and it was Anvets post number five. And so when I found this out, it's like, again, right. we don't know who's been in our community, who's in our right. community, or anything like who's, that. Who's built the community. Yeah, so we've put in for him, and he's act- he actually died uh, in a plane crash oh. in training. Oh. So, uh, and he was also a member of the Colored Musicians Club, so which is the only black musicians club union, 533, that was in the whole United States. How dare we not recognize these people? Yeah. You know, and yeah. so uh, council member Lovejoy, council member district, uh, member Bowman, Brian Bowman. Yes, mm-hmm. Brian Bowman is the one who we've sent this one to. The last one that we sent to uh, Council Member Eberhardt was actually Vietnam Army veteran Arthur Steffens. Mm-hmm. And people don't know him as Army Steffens because I had to find out who he was. <laughs> what it was yeah. is Brothers Bubba Simba that used to be the actual chief photojournalist for the Challenger newspaper for over a quarter century. So these are people that have done things in our community, and that's not all of them. That's just hitting... The, you know, the, touching the iceberg. Five right. out of scratching yes. the surface. Just yes, scratching just scratching the surface. The surface. Mm-hmm. And this has been wonderful, just being able to find out different information about people that were right here in our community. How dare we not know this? So now we'll have people yeah. that are actually seeing this. But what we're doing, not just doing this, we're doing, uh, we're preparing to do memorial banners on Jefferson Avenue okay. for our deceased African-American military heroes and sheroes. So that's going to be something that should be on display in, in May during close to Memorial, Memorial Day. Day. Uh, we also uh, have a the marquee that's over there, the standout part that goes for the Apollo Media Center yes. on Jefferson. For the last several years, we've been putting the photos of African-American veterans in uniform. Mm. Oh, my God. With their names, branch of the military, with the military logo, and the dates of service. We want to continue. These are our ways to honor them. And so we're continuing to add more and more veterans and whatnot, and that's just been exciting. So there's just a variety of types of things that... I personally am involved with to make sure that we let people know and to be recognized for the different things that they do. And who's the council member again that has got these applications in front of them? <laughs> well, uh, Zanetta Everhart. Brian Bowman and yes. Lovejoy. Lovejoy. Okay. Yes. Great. And right. those two things are important, but we also... They um, love to hear from the constituents. Yes. <laughs> and so those are, have already been submitted. So we're Excellent. hoping that they work on this, you know, swiftly so that we can have the community see and just be excited and honored with all these things happening. We also have partnered at one point with Senior Wishes. They reached out to me. I didn't even know they have senior boxes. So for any of your listeners that have people that are 65 years and older, they can put in for Mother's Day 
uh, you know, Veterans Day. They can put in for a variety of things. So they need to people need to go to their website. Okay. Because they reached out to me. They saw an article about veterans. They reached out to me. And you people that uh, know about veterans that are seniors, apply for a Heroes Box. We did that. We had a ceremony at the Meriwether Library. It was exciting again, <laughs> you know, with our senior veterans. So we're looking for more senior veterans to be able to, to honor them. So that's been exciting. Uh, we also have National Purple Heart Day. We have five black veterans in our community that I know of, and I just found out about another one that just recently passed, mm. that are Purple Hearts. They have served the country, and I didn't know when you have Purple Hearts because we did a program before, and they brought their, their medals, Purple Hearts, and all kinds of stuff. People were taking pictures. It was exciting at the Meriwether Library again. And I didn't know when you have a Purple Heart, your name is on the back of that. Mm. So I was so surprised. I, did, I thought it's that— It's engraved on the medal. Yes! I am so outdone, yeah. but that shows that yes, heart. your dad has a purple heart. Yeah, Korean War. Korean oh, War. See, and oh, that's thanks, exciting thanks for people to know. And see, I'm just not finding out now. Right. How dare you well, not it, tell me? And you know, Deb, <laughs> you know, Deb, you kept yes. using the word exciting, and yes. I'm, I'm wondering, just maybe a general conversation to get into this part. Do you feel, Bob or Ed, Deb, that that you're you're catching on to something here that people want to get behind? I think I think they're we uh, know. introducing people <laughs> to something that's inspiring that they're not aware of generates interest and energy. I really think it does. And we're doing a thing that I'll mention before we're done in West Falls to help support what's happening in East Buffalo. Mm-hmm. But I want to ask Ed a question or have Please, you guys. <laughs> but I, I want to mention one more well. genius idea, genius <laughs> idea that Ed Deb had. I go that's a brilliant idea. I've done a lot of work in Buffalo schools. They're doing different leadership programs and stuff with students. She mm-hmm. had this idea, and we're going we're gonna to find someone to help us with this, mm-hmm. to have kids work with a person that can study family history, mm-hmm. trace back their family's military history mm-hmm. so they can re- recognize they're carrying their own selves as an 11-year-old or whatever mm-hmm. in school, mm-hmm. but they're carrying the heritage of their 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 dad's mothers, grandmothers, grandfathers, and they're carrying that, and they're part of that contribution. When you say thank you for your service, which some veterans are. Uh, you, you know, I'm that. getting goosebumps under here. It's like I, a, I think it would be because. so great to have I'll some wait. kids, mm-hmm. and in that part of the city, it's primarily African-American kids, mm-hmm. learn about that, maybe get some photographs, because Ancestry and all those genealogy oh, yeah. programs yes. are out there, and they do a presentation in their class about where they came from. And I can mm-hmm. say personally, when I discovered my fifth great-grandfather was an American Revolutionary War soldier, John Gibson, in Georgia, it clarified who I was to myself, recognizing mm-hmm. that. And my family, my dad and my grandfather were both Army and were both veterans. But mm-hmm. to realize that I go back to the right. 1700s, it gave me a sense of my purpose, and I share that with my kids and my grandchildren. So I think having that project in the school is incredible, and that would be worthy of like an article, not only in the Challenger but in the Buffalo News. What mm. we're finding out about that. So, anyway, I just well, wanted to acknowledge yeah, I, that's an well, idea. Go for ahead, that. and then I, I have a thing I wanted to yeah. ask Ed about. I, I, I need to say this, but I go need, for it. I, I need to say this as far as, um, <laughs> as far as our heritage, and as far as uh, um, 
our kids and grandkids and great grandkids and our family tree and all of that kind of stuff. You know, just here in the last couple of months, my family has really ignited their curiosity as far as what did Uncle Eddie do and what did, <laughs> what did grand, great granddad do and all this kind of stuff. And the way the way that it started was my grandkids and my wife got together and when the African American Veterans Monument was was opened right. and revealed and stuff like that, um, they got me a brick. They ah. chipped in and they got, and I, I mean, I'm holding the tears back right now just mm. to, that they thought and they cared it's, you know, so much about me to to have, you know, my name and rank and date of services uh, put there um, at that monument. That was huge. So um, with that being said, I shared, took pictures of it and shared it with my sister and, we, you know, and my family down in New Jersey and all of that kind of stuff and nieces and nephews. And my nieces and nephews uh, started calling me, asking me, so, you know, we knew you were in the Army, right? No, no, Navy. Submarines, really. Touched the nerve there. They wanted to know know everything about that, where I was, what I did, what it was like, and all of this kind of stuff. Then I mentioned that my my dad was a Korean War vet Mm. and that he was was shot. He was was a machine gunner. And all of this, wow, they wanted to know that. And my Uncle Jimmy was, there's so many veterans in my family. And um, there's one, my great nephew, his name is Jelani, right? The smart kid. I think he's like 14 years old or something like that. He's actually doing a school project Mm -hmm. as far as uh, veterans or military in his family. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we stay on the phone for hours and he's asking me this and asking me that. He's actually learning stuff and he's sharing it with me that I didn't know about relatives that were that were uh, served in the military. So this thing about um, about uh, the schools and the kids and stuff like that, and trying to you know, awesome. trying yeah. to connect them with the veterans in the community so that they can have a better understanding about what a veteran actually is. Yes. And you know, was was so important. I've been doing uh, exhibits honoring African American veterans for. Of several years and what I always put in there is look into your own military family tree yes you know see what's going on you know and I think it would be very relevant in our schools and I have reached out to the uh, school board and also to the superintendent no you need to do these things we are losing track of our children of our students they need to have a new focus Something that they can be proud of. Who and they be, are, feel, where they yeah, came from. Right. Yeah. And one of the things I had also suggested is having a wall of honor. The people that graduated from your school. I graduated from McKinley. Put my picture up there. My, <laughs> my father graduated up there, up there too. Yeah. So, yeah, you both you know, should be up don't there. Don't go looking for somebody else, you know, <laughs> yeah. online. You know, and even their, one of their former principals, she wasn't just a, a beauty queen. She was a vet. Crystal yeah. Burton? Yes. And she, yes, and some of the signs that are trailblazing signs are out here, but they don't say that they were a vet. Mm. You know, so mm. we need to refocus on how we're going to approach our community, how we're going to approach our students. You know, so you all you have all these graduates. You don't need to be looking for nothing. Look into your yeah. own situations. Yes. You know, and like I said, I went to I went to school 41, school 39, school 37 East, and I graduated from McKinley. Any of those schools could have me on there and let students, let us come in. 
And we have well, we're spoken. Not done. We're going to get yeah, you up on uh, some yeah. of this. We, we, <laughs> a lot of work we, to be we've done. We've spoken to several schools where students were able to hear the stories of veterans, and we need to continue to have that, not just near Veterans Day. Yeah, we're coming down to the last 10 minutes or so. I want to make sure we touch on some key yeah, things I, here, I just, Bob. I'll just in general say, love, Deb, you've been an angel in my life. Thank you so much for what you're doing. You're we got more to do. Mm-hmm. That the When we did the study, we really kind of came across three core areas, and we've touched base a lot on the recognition area. But the two other areas that I just want to touch base on very briefly was connection and transportation. We know there's transportation issues. I would take three bus passes to get to this activity. Mm. I can't go. We heard that. But for, I'd like to have Ed speak to this for a second. Mm-hmm. Veterans need to be with other veterans. We've heard that over and Is over that right? again. Yeah. That yeah. connectedness, that yeah. connection, mm-hmm. part of what we do at West Falls Center for the Arts, the guys that come in to learn how to play guitars, harmonica, and ukulele, they just like to, and women, they like to spend time together. And if we didn't move into a C chord and an F chord sometimes, they would sit there for an hour just to make the connection. Mm-hmm. So part of Ed's idea that we had was, can we find places, and churches are very willing to help, mm-hmm. where we can gather some veterans to honor them, maybe have a band, have a cookout. One of the lieutenants for the E-District and the police suggested, do like a monthly cookout. Honor the veterans. Let our cops know that this is happening to get together. So they just have time to sit and be together. Appeal of VFWs and, and American Legions is just, it's social time to get together. So maybe just talk about the importance of that. Yeah, that connections. And, yeah. connections. Yeah, the importance, you, you know, um, yes, it is important. And it, it's- well, you, you talked about your personal story before, Ed. I mean, right. did you lose those connections for a little while? Is that maybe part of, I mean, do you think maybe if you, if you had stayed bonded and connected, maybe- Maybe some of your issues wouldn't have. Yeah, yeah. As a ma- absolutely. As a matter of fact, um, that was a key part of my being able to um, to embrace my recovery and and uh, become the person that I wanted to be, that I envisioned myself being. Is connection. And and here here's the thing that I noticed. Uh, as I mentioned, when I first touched out in Buffalo, um, I was at the Altamont House on Wyoming Avenue. I wasn't very well liked in that house. There's like maybe about 35 veterans in in that uh, in that house. And if if you're familiar with the area, if you step out of the front door and look to your left and your right and across the street, it's ghetto. Mm. It, it's it's not really a nice place to live. And unfortunately, so many of the veterans got caught up in what they saw around them. Really good. And you know, Mm. a lot of them are no longer with us. A lot of them are incarcerated. Some of them are still out here on the streets or whatever, whatever, whatever. But thank God for the type of personality I have. I don't want to be in a bubble. So, uh, you know, I developed a routine where I got up, got myself squared away, got something to eat, and I was out of there. And I went and I went to the VA. Even if I was just sitting down at the canteen or in the hallways or just wiping down handrails or cleaning elevator buttons just to be in a facility where there were other veterans and having all of these conversations and learning different resources and all of this kind of stuff connected. You know, that's that how, made a huge difference for you. A huge difference. That's how I was able to pull myself up, you know, out of the crab barrel. What I hear, the, the bigger issue there is you take people that are vulnerable, that are at risk, and you mm-hmm. put them in a situation that's impoverished mm-hmm. with temptations that are not healthy, you're higher, your risk is higher. Sure. So that's part of the, being in a poverty area where you have underdeveloped and ignored properties and you have a lot of these 
risky behaviors being offered to you, like as Ed is mentioning, mm-hmm. it they're more there's more susceptibility to going down the wrong path versus mm-hmm. communities that are better served and better funded and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. So that's mm-hmm. that's a perfect thing. And, and I Deb, just, you know you, all about you, connections with you. Oh yes. You know there there are some. Let me just get the, get this into the veterans one stop. We need another full hour, Jay. Veterans just keep talking. The veterans one stop and the veterans. Uh, the vet center and you know the VA on Bailey and stuff like that. They do have activities. They have like a monthly. They call it a coffee. That's just like a sit down, have a cup mm-hmm. of coffee, and just kick the can around with other veterans and oh, stuff like that. We need to get that. that in East Buffalo. We need to get that in East Buffalo. And my pastor, Open Door Five Church of God in Christ, on Ferry Street, <laughs> on Ferry Street, <laughs> on Ferry Street. My pastor, there. he's part of. He's part of our. Uh, He's one of the board members, right? Or one of our oh yeah, he's a, part, of our, part of yeah. our yeah. Buffalo team, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. One of our team members, oh, yeah. uh, Pastor Richard Pastor C. Woods, Woods yeah. Open Door mm-hmm. Five, and that that's Bob and I sat down with some of the veterans in in my congregation yeah. to you know to get some ideas about you know what what do you feel the and community his uh, needs. church and other churches they want and, to help they do. and my church is offering our space mm-hmm. if if we need to put together like a monthly. Uh, coffee mm-hmm. or some kind of meeting for veterans so, so that we can connect with each other. So Deb, when you reach out for support, support for your events, do you get our, our people in businesses, are they always ready to get behind you because it's a veterans we issue? We would hope. Okay, not always. But that, but that doesn't always happen. Yeah. But in anything in life, Continue to move on. Yes, yes Don't ma'am. stay because somebody <laughs> is not giving you the play that you would want. Keep on moving. And that's why we also uh, have a parade that honors African-American veterans in our community. More and more people are, are excited about being a part of that, veterans and non-veterans that want to portray a veteran. So that has been exciting. And I wanted to get where they were talking about uh, the information that we've continued to partner with veterans that we were in, you know, in the military with. I broke off that whole thing. And a lot of veterans, after they get out, they're out. They don't start, you know, uh, corresponding with veterans that they've been with. So what the Post does is creates a new family, a new veterans family. So you might not have the people that you were in the military with, but now you have people that have the same social experiences and want to still be your brother or your sister. They're military people, just not part right, of your original right, group. Right, yeah. so you have a new family. That's important. Yes, so it's not all about, oh, well, I don't have the people that I was with in the military. No, you don't. Mm-hmm. But that's like any other family. <laughs> so now you have a new family, one that you've chosen, not one that you were given. That's a good, really good point. <laughs> yes. So that's been really important, and it's been exciting. And the more people that you start talking about stuff, like we were just at the Broadway Market, All Black History Month. Right. And we were tabling, but we table at uh, Buff State, UB, uh, at a variety of places because we want to be seen. And so if veterans come along, they say, oh, wow, who are you? I didn't know that this is happening. So it's up to us to reach out to the community, not for them to find us. No, get out there and do your thing. So, and that's what we've been doing. And I want to make sure that we mention this a special veter- benefit for veterans coming up on May 31st called 
uh, with uh, Kensington's and Flashback? Is They're that the... both. I'll tell you very quickly what this is. Uh, the board member at the West Falls Center for the Arts, Jim Granville, came to me. And he goes, I'd like to start a new project called Attorneys for Vets. Attorneys now, for there's, Vets. Now, there's a project called Lawyers for the Arts that you guys are very, very aware of. And I said, let's call this Attorneys for Vets. We get veterans and attorneys that are musicians to play together. Are there, there more than one of those? Oh, uh, yeah, there are. <laughs> I'm sorry. Attorneys and veterans that play music to play. And the Kensingtons is a well-known band. Tim Franzek right. is one of the leaders. He's a retired judge. Joe O'Donnell's in a band called Flashback. He's another player in that band that, that's an attorney. And Ed's going to come and play. I was just going to ask, how can I see Ed play? Yeah. You're going to come yeah. to this event on the 31st of May, West Falls Center for the Arts. So when he approached me with this idea, and I said, I love it. I partner with you on one condition. Half the proceeds stay at West Falls to support their veterans programs. Half the proceeds go to support whatever the projects are in East Buffalo. So you get the picture. You have this very beautiful suburban pastoral setting in West Falls. And then you look at Wyoming Street and East Ferry and realize, let's share the proceeds. And I think there'll be partnerships that grow out of out of, out of the Absolutely. kind of the suburban efforts. And it what's bringing it together is music, which is how this whole thing got started. So right. we have these two bands playing, West Falls Center for the Arts. It's 20 bucks. There's two bands. We're going to have special guests. Uh, Ken Parker is a sax player. He's a Marine. He's going to come and play. Ed's, play. Ed's a phenomenal guitar player. He'll be joining the band to play as well. And um, westfallsartcenter.org is the site online. I think they launched tickets yesterday for this event. It's definitely going to sell out because I'm going to be going crazy and promoting okay. this whole idea. <laughs> but the beautiful thing is it's a partnering between mm-hmm. kind of a, a rural setting and an inner city need. All right. So we're down to we've got three minutes left. So I want to give everybody a chance, with one final, final statement. What do you want people to know about the veteran situation and what they can do to help? Ed Gatson, I'll start with you. Put the pressure on. What can Ooh. people do to help? What can people do to help? Oh, my gosh. Um, Come to the concert. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Yeah. Come to the concert. Ask questions. Um, If you know any veterans, here's one thing, and I'll I'll make this real quick. Yes. Um, Unfortunately, there's a stigma about veterans, right? Um, Veterans... Um, the, my experience has been people who really don't know what a veteran is is like, oh, he's a vet. Oh, he got shell shock. Oh, he's, he's stay right. away from him. Stay away from. They're scared. They're they're afraid of veterans. It's like um, so. The one thing I have to say that I would like to say to anybody in the community about veterans: if you know a veteran, or if there's a veteran in your family, talk with them. Okay. Talk with them. Deb Ransom. Yeah. How about you? What I would like to say is that. Any veteran that's looking to uh, be involved with a progressive post, call me. (laughs) And my number is area code 716. The phone number is 563-2536. And that's my personal cell phone. So call me. And I'm going to just go out on a limb and say you're going to get a direct answer to anything yes. Deb, you ask Deb. I will be on the phone. <laughs> and uh, Bob James, <laughs> we'll, we'll, uh, we'll finish with you. I'm excited to announce that I just made a connection with Dr. Henry Taylor, uh, okay, who's the founder of the UB Center for Urban Studies. When he heard about what we we're doing with this project, I said, could we get one of your students or one of your interns to kind of come to some of our work? And he goes, no, it'll be me. 
because they're involved. There was something in the news just the other day. There was a big meeting on Monday night. Yes, there was. Mm -hmm. They want to take a section of East Buffalo as a pilot pilot program and see if they can reinvent the whole spirit of that, creating opportunities, everything we're talking about. He didn't really have a chapter to focus on related to veterans, so he wants to partner with us. But he's a... He's a heavy hitter. He's kind of a celebrity in the academic world. Yes. And uh, he he offered to help us, so that's an exciting thing. And that's kind of my last word. Thank you, Dr. Taylor. Thank you to Mayor Brown and Mark Polencars and and, uh, Brian Higgins and Walt Cook and everybody that's helped Mm -hmm. us so far. I love them. Only the beginning. Bob James, thanks to you. Deb Ransom, thanks to you. Ed Gatson, thanks for you. Looking forward to seeing you play and on Jay, the thanks to you. 31st out at uh, West Falls. <laughs> All right, looking <laughs> forward to seeing you It's been a lively conversation, oh, that is for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and this is What's Next on WBFO and WBFO HD1 Buffalo, WOLN Olean, and WUBJ Jamestown, your NPR station.